Breaking news happening right now as Bernie Sanders has just announced that he is suspending and ending his presidential bid for the 2020 elections. And of course, there's a lot of implications that myself and Tim Pichot will be discussing in this video. And I think the biggest one of these implications is that uh, when is Joe Biden dropping out? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's my that, that's literally that, that literally was my first reaction because again we have a very interesting landscape we have Donald Trump also trying to take advantage of this situation and there's a lot of things to kind of get into but overall when we look at Bernie Sanders he championed a lot of kind of popular opinion for many younger college uh, I, I, I question if I should say educated but 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 <laughs> college attending uh, kids that, that that were very open to his kind of progressive radical ideas. And it's interesting because uh, even though Bernie Sanders is officially ending his campaign, he still announced that he will be collecting delegates and will be pushing for more progressive policies. Uh, so again, during the convention. So it, it, we were all expecting a contested convention. Now we might have a virtual convention, but when we look at Bernie Sanders, his message of Medicare for all, free college, ending wars, criminal justice reform, I, I definitely resonated with the ending wars policy. Uh, and of course, a lot of other people did too. But but Bernie, Bernie Sanders kind of represented this new politician, this kind of answer to Donald Trump on the left that, again, spoke to a lot of people. There's no denying that. But when we look at the 2016 presidential election, he got robbed and then bowed down to the people robbing him and then essentially just caved into Hillary Rodham Clinton. In 2020, he was also getting robbed in some ways, but also this year, I think he also shot himself in the foot and didn't do himself any favors. And now, because he didn't really fight back effectively, we have Donald Trump just tweeting, if we could pull this up, Tim, Donald Trump tweeting as soon as Bernie Sanders announced this, he said, quote, Bernie Sanders is out. Thank you to Elizabeth Warren. If not for her, Bernie would have won almost every state on Super Tuesday. Uh, I, that's, a, that's a very interesting point made by Donald Trump, and, and a lot of people do believe that is the truth. Uh, continuing on, Donald Trump said, this ended just like the Democrats and the DNC wanted, same as the crooked Hillary fiasco. The Bernie people should come to the Republican Party. Trade. Uh, big emphasis on that. So again, a very strategic move here by Donald Trump, since of course the policies that he's enacting are pretty much very similar policies to what Bernie Sanders has been dreaming of. So good uh, kind of uh, political maneuver here, but essentially what do you make of this tweet, Tim, since again, Donald Trump has essentially made Bernie Sanders' wishes come true in some instance just recently with his major economic actions. Uh, well, Luke, this is uh, Bernie Sanders talking here, and uh, America now is already a socialist nation, so my work here is done. So I think that we, uh, you know, now that all the college indoctrinated kids, you know, that wasn't enough to push me over the finish line, over the start line. And uh, now if somebody could just tell Joe Biden that he's running for president, uh, I think if we continue on along the fascist lines of Donald Trump, that uh, we will keep America great. And it, yeah, no, this is such we a got, We got to work on those impressions. <laughs> yeah, we got to, yeah, you know, as soon as you work on my, on my name, we can work on those impressions. But today was, today you did a pretty good job, but you know, very low bar that you've had so far. I thought Donald Trump would be the, would 
be or Bernie Sanders rather would be the best person to go up against Donald Trump, especially in 2016. But for the reasons that you just mentioned, I think he burned a lot of his no no pun intended there a lot of his political capital by. Uh, you know, really just kind of kowtowing in, let her, letting Hillary just, you know, take him for a ride. Because uh, we all saw her steal the election. I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan, obviously. But, you know, just seeing the fact that it was stolen and then all these Democrats are now like, wait, there's superdelegates? And, oh, wait, my vote doesn't really count? And then all these people complaining. I mean, how many of them even voted in the primary, which has much more relevance? Uh, and I'm speaking about the 2016 primary because uh, you see all these people out in the streets and then yet, you know, they didn't even vote. Now, then we could even get into whether voting even matters and all that other stuff and and you know the fact of the matter is i mean even if you get on the debate stage and then even if you're on all the ballots then they have all sorts of stuff with like fraction magic where some of your vote goes over here and some goes over there and they can be hacked and you know what was it was it lenin that said i don't i care or i don't uh care i forgot it's something along the lines of, it's only care who i only care about who uh counts the votes is the only thing that matters and he's the one that counted the votes and so that's so de the democratic primary complete rigged uh basically a bunch of malarkey as what joe biden would say as it relates to the democratic primary and joe biden what a joke he is the guy that signed that basically wrote the 94 crime bill was still bragging about it at one of the debates i saw like as recently as like two months ago or a month ago uh, i mean things are going so fast now it seems like a month ago was like a year ago uh in terms of like how quickly you know things have devolved over here and where we were you know in full we were in you know partial socialism before and now i mean i think we're more into fascism now because you're seeing you know the, the state the, all these institutions start taking over companies which is more indicative of the fascism but you're really splitting hairs because it's really all of these systems are just a tiny amount of con people controlling everything so you know whether it's you know fascism or communism or socialism it's all you know a tiny amount of elites sitting up on top sucking off everybody else and that's uh and then we got we bernie sanders what has never done any basically anything in his life uh you know besides you know give a message that's very popular to people but contrast him to ron paul i mean dr ron paul was trying to sell people on freedom and he's trying to sell people on free stuff and so it's very easy to run a santa claus when you're going to be giving away money to everybody else uh but yeah i mean I, I make this out to be i actually think donald trump is still in very very big trouble yeah. i yeah i i do not think trump is going to win uh come uh come 2020 is my my, my very early prediction well, I want to talk about that because anything could happen here at any moment. But the strategy that kind of Donald Trump is laying out here, it, it's kind of a smart one. And he does bring up some interesting points, not only with the Hillary Clinton fiasco. Again, Hillary Clinton, the DNC, Debbie Washerman Schultz robbed Bernie Sanders in 2016. Debbie Washerman Schultz had to resign, resign from the DNC in disgrace. Right after she did that, she got hired up by, of course, Hillary Clinton, because she's the one that siphoned away the populist, popular uh, support of Bernie Sanders, and she usurped it to, of course, let Queen Hillary Clinton be at the helm of the DNC. And now we, we've kind of seen similar actions with, again, just another puppet establishment of the neoliberals who's willing to say anything to get elected. Now we have Joe Biden, who, uh, you know, as mentioned before, needs to kind of be woken up and be reminded, hey, um, you're, you're the nominee here. Uh, and, and that still is even up to question with a lot of people looking at his mental health, looking at his latest statements and saying, uh, even people like Joe Rogan that again, talk about very popular left-wing ideas. They, they, they promote very popular left-wing ideas. Uh, Joe Rogan does that. Even he is saying, uh, 
uh, Joe Biden doesn't look like a person of sound mind and body. He looks like a person who is out of it, doesn't know where he's at. And this is the person that they pushed through. And the way they did this is, is another point that Donald Trump brought, brought up specifically talking about how he is thanking Elizabeth Warren because if it wasn't for her, Bernie would have won all the states. And when you look at Elizabeth Warren's platform, it was very similar to Bernie's. And it looked like she also did cut a deal with the establishment, with the CNN, to viciously attack Bernie on, on nonsense, on malarkey that no one was buying. No one was buying Elizabeth Warren, the liar, the person who told us she was Native American and used that to get into prestigious universities and positions of power based on her lying. Meanwhile, she's talking about, uh, what is she talking about? Uh, white people having privilege. Meanwhile, she lied. <laughs> if white people have privilege, right? Why did she have to lie about being white to get into all these prestigious universities and positions throughout her entire or, life? Or, or what yeah. about, you know, she's getting, what, uh, $400,000 to teach one class at Harvard? I mean, that's I could, I could figure out how to bring college classes down uh, immediately. How about you don't take $400,000 to teach one class, which is basically just a payoff? But, uh, yeah, I mean, getting back but, to— but, but Yeah, Elizabeth Warren, total establishment kind of stooge here. And this is this is important points that Donald Trump is bringing up that, you know, again, you don't hear in the mainstream media, but these are popular kind of thoughts and ideas that are being circulated around the kind of Bernie bros that he's now trying to galvanize. And I think he will be successful in, in, in turning some of them because I know a lot of people— this is not talked about in the mainstream media— but I know a lot of people in 2016 that I talked to that that are completely on the left side who voted for Donald Trump because he was the anarchy vote. He was the crazy vote. He was the vote saying, let's get rid of this whole entire system effort. Let's get him in power and let's get this because we got screwed over by the DNC. We got screwed over by Hillary Clinton. And now it's time to blow this whole entire ship up. And and that that that's, I think, is one of the reasons why Donald Trump was elected because Hillary Clinton was so bad. Well, Joe so Biden is so bad. But again, as you said, I mean, you're making some predictions that he's not going to win. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm I'm able to say that. But again, things are unpredictable. CNN is running their own polls. We can't trust CNN at all, especially their own polls. But they're showing that a majority of Americans say that the federal government has done a poor job preventing the crisis that's happening uh, right now. But but again, CNN poll highly questionable. Don't trust CNN at all but anything could happen here anything could change in a moment's notice and uh you're right donald trump isn't secured this election even though it looks like he is going to win overwhelmingly because again many people were thinking hillary clinton was going to win overwhelmingly and guess what that didn't happen well at all only very few people only like ann coulter mike cernovich me? uh i i think you you're saying it as well we're saying hey dr uh, dr frank tambury who is also a guest yeah. in the show as well uh the day yeah, we're saying donald trump's you know we're probably going to win this. I don't. I, I, I. From right now, it looks like Donald Trump has this. But again, anything could change. You know the number moment. one. You think? Yeah. The number one indicator of if a president will win or not Economy. Is, is the stock market. And so, yeah. if the stock market the two months prior to the election is not, you know, near an all time high, I mean, at that point, there's basically no chance. Game over. That's the highest uh, indicator of if a president will win. Forty days. But in, Sleepy Joe. I mean, Sleepy Joe. I mean, I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think, and it's funny because it's almost like he's like weekend at Bernie's, but yet this is uh, Joe Biden. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. dragging out this like. If dead they put in Andrew there. Como, if if there's a contested convention and they put put in the New York governor Como in there, 
yeah, uh, then then I, I totally and do that was, see dude, the And you see my notes. I, mean, I made like five notes, and one of them was just the word Cuomo. And so I've got so I think Cuomo, and then I think no matter what, it's going to be Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris does represent uh, you know the Hillary Clinton wing of the party. So she was as a senator was basically uh, I'm talking about Kamala Harris was playing defense for Hillary Clinton at the State Department, being on all these intelligence committees. And we need to get Dr. Frank on to talk about this stuff more in more detail because he's an absolute expert when it comes to uh, what's going on there. But I think Kamala Harris for the V. No matter who gets it, uh, whether it's Cuomo or whether it's because you know, because then you've got you know, think about it, you've got a you know a black woman who's going to be who's very tenacious as a you know while she's putting other black people in jail for you know smoking weed and other things, you know, very very liberal. But then you're going to see her attacking Donald Trump, and then if he then attacks her, it's like oh he's attacking you know a minority woman, and then so I could already see that uh, being a narrative that they're going to trot out. Uh, I mean, hopefully they have Cuomo there because as an Italian New Yorker, uh, you know, there's myself. You know, there's no no one can call me racist or anything for going after Cuomo. So I almost sort of hope he gets sort of hope he gets in there. But I yeah, Biden, I do not. I think they're going to pull some 11th hour stuff where, you know, hey, he has early onset dementia and he's going to take one for the team. and He's going to step down because Hillary Clinton's going to have a metaphorical or one of her body men, uh, you know, have a metaphorical gun to his head and he might know what's up. And uh, uh, who knows? This is so crazy. I do, I do not think it's going to end up being Joe Biden, but I think Trump is going to lose. But this what this almost fell into Trump's lap perfectly, though, being able to blame everything on the, this pandemic, because absent the pandemic, this was eventually going to occur anyway. There's all these bubbles. But now this pandemic is basically a skeleton key to say, OK, well, now we get to blame everything. Everything was humming along fine. If it wasn't for this stupid pandemic, everything would have been great. And then now his whole message of keep America great again. You know, I think he's going to need to come up with a new campaign slogan, you know, immediately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 th- I still would be a betting man that he would lose. And I was I lost friends, family members, tons of people who, because I was uh, all out for Donald Trump in 2016. But now, unfortunately, he's made the government even bigger and he's accomplished as my poor Bernie Sanders impersonation led to before. He accomplished a lot of the stuff that even Bernie wouldn't be able to accomplish, Luke. Well, Donald Trump is in a very tough position. I wouldn't want to be in his position because, again, with this current situation, if they overreact and lock down the economy and then destroy the economy, destroy the economy, Donald Trump's going to be, uh, you know, blamed here. If he underacts and more people get sick and more people die, Donald Trump gets blamed here. Again, this is a, a very serious situation, and, and that's why in the future video, we will be talking about the trajectory of this entire crisis, speaking, of course, health-wise, where it is going. So, of course, stay tuned for that conversation and a lot more here on the Change It's the, the economy, stupid, as the famous saying goes. And, of course, there's a lot of economic news that myself and Tim Pichot will be discussing in this particular video. And, of course, a lot of it is related to the crisis that the world is in, and we're getting very sensational hyperbolic headlines like this. Europe, big economies brace for sharpest drop since World War II. And another one here, coronavirus could spark the deepest economic recession of our lifetime, with global trade down by a third in 2020. So yeah, (laughs) things are definitely very interesting, but in this video, we're going to be taking a look at a lot of the international stuff, but as well as a lot of the uh, domestic stuff that's kind of absolutely ridiculous. Now, internationally, we also have the latest news that Iran is pleading, begging for a $5 billion IMF, most likely predatory loan, as of course their situation has worsened 
as their death toll is rising and their country is having a very hard time dealing with, of course, the coronavirus. Again, Iran also, by the way, doesn't have 5G, so I uh, just wanted to pinpoint that out for all the people, individual, all the individuals out there who are questioning that. So what's happening in Iran, in, in Iran is definitely devastating. Uh, the situation there has turned really bad, and in large part, mainly also because of U.S. sanctions against the country that has essentially closed it off to the entire world. And now they're literally going to the IMF, which again, doesn't have the best reputation at all, especially with their behavior th towards third world countries. And now the United States is even potentially going to block that, according to many experts. So internationally, the situation in Iran has worsened. And of course, the situation is worsening all around and it's not being made better by government. As of course, we have another headline here, how the Chicago mayor just signed an executive order allowing illegal immigrants access to virus relief funds. Now, of course, some people are, um, are cheerleading this move. Some people are very happy about this move. But again, we have to understand here, when big cities like Chicago and New York City entice illegal immigrants, refugees, as they, you know, as they call them, uh, what they're essentially enticing is slave labor for the elites. Uh, one of the main reasons a lot of people go to these cities is because these city governments incentivize them to come there, and then they work undocumented, under the books, for essentially pennies on the dollar in crap conditions, ultimately serving the very establishment, limousine, liberal, rich. Now, of course, this is why also the Koch brothers are big supporters of open borders and immigration. And now, during this difficult time, this basic you know, funds that are provided to people will now have to be spread even thinner to uh, people who don't pay taxes. Now, what happens when you have that? Again, taxes, not a fan of taxes. By the by, the way the, the, the economic system is running, there shouldn't be any taxes anyway because it's all made up uh, malarkey uh, crap anyway. But, but, but looking at the way that things have been unfolding in major cities, cities overpromise services to people and now especially illegal immigrants making themselves sanctuary cities. And because they promised them all these free things and have bureaucratic middlemen providing horrible services for people, then what's going to happen? These cities are indebted and they have to raise taxes and they raise a lot of taxes. And still these cities are indebted to billions of dollars and they can't get out of it. And with actions like this, Again, I'm not here to judge if this is good or bad, but again, this is just the continuing of the destruction of big inner cities because of just idiotic policies that essentially shoot everyone in the foot. And to continue that, we also have very similar news of what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are calling for with yet news of another bailout. Tim, you were reading this one. What's the latest with that? Yeah, thanks, Luke. And so uh, no surprise that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi want to have their own little uh, you know, pork being thrown into, uh, into this bill. So Blocking Donald Trump's path, as usual, are Pelosi and Schumer, who say they will approve Trump's request as long as 
125 billion of that is diverted to community-based institutions that serve farmers, families, women, minorities, and veterans. Which uh, surprised we have veterans in there because usually, uh, you know, those are evil white guys, so usually they don't throw them into the mix. They say they will approve the 250 billion in assistance to small businesses, but want 125 billion of that channeled through community-based financial institutions that serve farmers, families, women, blah 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 blah. And I don't know why they listed that sentence twice in a row. And then they also want to increase food stamps by 15 percent. And so, uh, yeah. And so but the other crazy thing that's going on is that not only are we talking about this bill that's going on that they're that they're that we're discussing right now. Now we're talking about an even bigger and even bolder plan of what's going on. So we've got a Trump uh, tweet from Donald Trump where he talks about you know it should be very big and bold. $2 trillion and be focused solely on jobs, rebuilding the once great infrastructure of our country. And so they wanted to initially have, they being Nancy Pelosi, wanted a $1 trillion bill. And Donald Trump goes, no, 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 no. $1 trillion, that's not big enough. That's not bold enough. That's not huge enough. We need to go $2 trillion. So now you've got Donald Trump outspending the Democrats. Yeah. Because- and it's important to know, I'm sorry to cut you off, Tim. A lot of the progressives are loving Donald Trump's policies. A lot of the establishment Democrats are angry at it because it's too progressive. So that, that's another key point to understand here. Go ahead. Yeah, no. And I mean, then especially in the last video, we talked about Joe Biden. I mean, I think Trump has probably done and probably been a friend to more black people than Joe Biden. I mean, what was Joe Biden doing? He was signing the 94 crime bill, helping get lots of minorities into jail. And then now he's probably going to pick Kamala Harris, who was, uh, you know, the one over there, you know, helping, you know, get her own people into jail as well. Whereas Donald Trump was getting awards by the NAACP and was hanging out with a lot of, uh, you know, prolific people in the black community. But now that, uh, you know, he's, you know, the evil guy has has an R next to his name, even though it wasn't too long ago that he had a D next to his name. The whole thing's a joke anyways, you know, whether Republican or Democrat, uh, even the Libertarian Party to uh, a lot of extent, I think is a joke as well. So uh, so I'm not pulling any punches anywhere. And speaking of not pulling any punches, we got Raul Pal. So not not talking about RuPaul or Ron Paul or Rand, it's yeah so Raul Pell pulls no punches in latest interview so he is a former uh Goldman Sachs uh manager but now he's you know pretty big into crypto and thinks a lot along the same lines as us so you know some good people every now and then I guess can sneak in over there at Goldman temporarily but he says listen this is the biggest economic event of our lifetimes and it's coming he said and that was in retrospect the greatest call I've ever had and that he sees this COVID-19 will cause the largest insolvency event in all of history and that the imbalance that the balance of probabilities are that this is a much longer event in terms of economic impacts than anybody is pricing in. He said, I think it's a huge societal change that's coming from all of this. And right now, not investment advice, but this is how he is positioned. 25% Bitcoin, 25% gold, 25% cash. Then he's using 25% into trading opportunities. And he thinks that we've got another 20% or downside uh, left and that it might take, you know, at least three or four months of this before we can, uh, you know, bounce back up. And then finally goes on to say for the average guy, this is a very, very, very difficult world we're going into. And I can't sugarcoat it because there is no nice answer. Now, speaking of people that have made, uh, you know, pretty famous prognostications in the past, we've got Michael Big Short Burry blasts unjustifiable lockdowns as most devastating economic force in history and i would you know be interested to see you know luke's take on uh you know the lockdowns and whether or not you know that you're in favor of that or not because uh, michael berry thinks that it was a devastating force i think is a devastating force that you know that people should really you know use their own discretion and that the government shouldn't stop yeah. them from going out 
Well, there, well, there's a lot of things to weigh in on that, and it's a very hard kind of decision to say definitively this or that is the right choice. I just did a video on the main channel where I talked about a scientific study of the numbers of cancer mortality spiking up directly related to the 2008 financial crisis. Again, when we look at the 2008 financial crisis, highway robbery of the people, pretty much usurping uh, our funds, our money to the people who caused the crisis and giving them a bonus because of it. That's essentially the major part of what happened. The little person, the middle-class person gets screwed over while everyone else in the 0.01% profits off of it. So when we look at that, when we look at the uh, economic effects and, and the depression effects and exactly how it correlates with the increase of stress, the increase of cancer, the increase of people committing suicide, that's something that, again, we don't know the definitive numbers of. Now, when we look at what we're dealing with right now with this new sickness that could very likely come from a bioweapons lab that we still don't know the full ramifications of. That's still, according to some studies, 14 to 17% people get again. Uh, when we look at the devastating effects that it has on people with obesity, with diabetes, with other uh, common, very common, more common than you could think, uh, ailments and the mortality rate, we, we're still dealing with something that we don't know much about. So there is no definitive answer, but I'm going to be doing particular research on have we been able to flatten the curve? Has the curve been officially flattened? I'm doing homework on that right now. Is this storm over? Is this storm going to come back again? Or is it just the beginning? Is it because the, the quarantining stay at home worked? Or is it because this is not as severe of a medical threat as people made it out to be. Because we look at the numbers, they are lower than the projections, but is that because of the quarantines or is that because of just you know the virus not being strong enough? That's what I'm studying and looking at right now. And I'm gonna do a full research uh, video on that very soon, either on this channel or the back or, or the main We Are Change channel. So as far as like a definitive answer, it's very hard to give you one, Say but it. we have to weigh two bad scenarios it's like you know a train's coming full force and you have to either make it go on the left track which is going to destroy a bunch of people economically or on the right track and it's going to destroy a, a bunch of people medically uh, but i think there's a middle ground that could be reached but it has to be reached by looking cohesively at all the data and the government hasn't been doing that effectively the government has been extremely backwards they've been rewarding bad behavior they've been doing just asinine backwards things so again my whole answer to this is this is this is the way to answer this question that, that I'm going to be happy about doing is to be self-reliant, to be responsible for yourself and to be courteous to your fellow family members, to your brothers and sisters, and to, you know, take small preventative measures, wear masks, it hides you from the surveillance state as well, but to be conscious and respecting of everyone around you, that's what I would ask. And I would ask people to, of course, before we find out all the information to, you know, take this seriously. That's my take on it because it's it's better to be safer than sorry. But the most important aspect is radical self-reliance. Radical self-reliance, radical self-reliance. You don't know what that is. It's a major yeah. principle of even the Burning Man hippie community. I talked about it a little bit also on today's video. But that is my kind of full answer to uh, that direct question. What do you think, Tim? Well, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's important that, you know, we're just not up here to say, you know, uh, you know, being yes man for each other. Cause I, you know, for me, I, I do agree obviously with the radical self-reliance, you know, portion of this. And I think it's, you know, it's very important. I mean, it's like, for instance, I already had struggle food that I've had for years. I already have 
all the masks that I bought like six years ago. I already have a lot of this, this, these different things, and I'm not even wearing a mask. I mean, I wore a mask a little bit when I flew back from Anarchapoco just on the uh, just on the international side of the airport. But, you know, I see people walking around my area, which is more rural, and they're walking outside, and they're 10 feet apart, and they've got masks on. And to me, I think that's ridiculous. And I don't think that you should have, you know, the government going, you know, and taking, you know, 33-year-old dads who are out there, you know, yeah. playing baseball with their kids. Okay, okay. It, it, to me, it, it's definitely not ridiculous to wear a mask. I think it's smart to wear a mask because look at what Asian countries have been able to do with the influenza, with the flu. They've been able to totally wipe it out. It's not a major issue there because it's customary, it's culturally acceptable to wear masks. Now, should police officers be arresting people for driving in their cars or being in nature? Hell no. Uh, but we need a legitimate, smart middle ground to approach this. That's my opinion. That's what I've been fighting for. And if you're not wearing a mask, again, this thing, according to some studies, lives in the air for 30 minutes, to three hours. You could help prevent the spread of this. You could help prevent making this entire crisis worse by simply wearing a stupid freaking mask. It doesn't hurt you, but it's customary and, and, and culturally acceptable in Asia, but also just something that, that is nice to do to the people who don't have the best immune systems, to, to the people who are elderly. And, and it's something courteous that I think we should have more of. And it's and, yeah. and I think it's common sense. I don't think it's ridiculous. So, well, I mean, I right. think there's also I think there's also you know different degrees of it. So, so I you know if I was walking around in New York City or Chicago or a major area or even downtown Phoenix, I mean that might be a different situation. But you know I'm out here sort of like at the very far end of as far away as you can get from civilization while still technically being in Phoenix, and so I feel. Mm -hmm pretty safe just walking around a i think i already had the coronavirus to start the year off in, in january but, but so. also just another thing to add here there's there's a new study showing that 80 percent of the people who got this in italy got it from people who had it and didn't know they had had it and the spread of this is still unknown it could be a bioweapon that's the big aspect here there's still a lot of unknowns the and again people are like oh it's only the older elderly there's also young people getting this and having permanent lung damage and permanent organ damage that they're never going to heal from ever in their lives and they're going to die quicker of because of that so and there's also other people a lot of them a lot more than we probably even know of get this thing don't even know it don't even yeah, care I mean, I I mean I I would I had a hard time breathing for about two months where I was really labored breathing and I'm for people that don't know I've done uh between half Ironmans and full Ironmans I've done seven Ironman triathlons was doing triathlon for 10 years prior to that was almost an all-american swimmer very good cardio shape and i was having i was even winded uh just doing regular things and uh you know if anyone checks out my facebook feed right from the beginning of the year i you know go on about how this is the strangest illness i ever had and this is i mean it didn't hit me that hard but anyways we've gotten away from you know a little bit away from the financial stuff but the guy that predicted the big short is thinking that you know the the disease uh, basically that what we're, how, they, how we're responding to this is way worse than, uh, you know, in terms of like all the money printing is way worse than actually the disease itself. I can't say I disagree with that. Uh, now we've got an article from, Wall well, yeah, Street yeah. The economic effects I've been saying from the very beginning, Hey, yeah. take this seriously before it becomes a major crisis, because when it becomes a major crisis, the government will come in and rob everyone. And there will be economic devastation and calamity that we never saw before. And the economy is the biggest impact that we're going to be seeing here. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Uh, and we're seeing, you know, the poor person, the middle class person eviscerated the other people, Walmart, Amazon, the 0.1 percent. They're being, you know, they're benefiting off of this. The people who bought their stocks back in the airline industry, they're being, again, benefited by this uh, while everyone else is just screwed, stuck at home with with boot, you know, like freaking police officers, freaking 
arresting people, putting them in handcuffs for walking in nature. And that's absolutely backwards and asinine and needs to be pushed back on because, again, a $1,000 fine for watching the sunset by yourself in a park? No, 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 no. That's absolutely ridiculous. And at this point, it looks like the government is pushing the limit to see just how far they could get away with when it comes to well, destroying our basic rights. And that's something that needs to be called out because it's stupid, it's asinine. If you're driving in a car, you're not affecting anyone. Again, but, but Tim, strongly disagree with you. I don't care if you think it's ridiculous. Uh, it's not hurting you. It's, but, it, but it could prevent a lot of pain and suffering if you just wear that stupid mask. Well, first so off, totally I, I, first off, I hardly ever even go anywhere. So, I mean, I work yeah. from home. But even if you I, do, so, still. But still, you know, yeah, I, I, think, I would just say. Yeah, I think I don't think I've gone to a Walmart. I've gone and like picked up some food like a mile from my house where there was no one like basically even there. But yeah, aside from that, yeah. So it's just you know it's good that we're having you know there's differing opinions on this. I think we, we are in agreement that the that the government is using this as a new 9/11 to push down a police state. And for me, you know, it's going to be the digital dollar tied to social credit, tied to oh vaccine permission travels. And when you've got the richest guy in the world, or I guess not not Bill Gates, one of the richest uh, that we know about at least, pushing this. Oh well, you can't even travel. Unless you have a vaccine. I mean, that's terrifying. And, uh, you know, what else is terrifying here? We take a look on screen. Nearly a third of U.S. renters didn't pay their April rent. And so, I mean, obviously that's a, you know, if this, you know, lasts, you know, a little bit longer, we could see this, uh, you know, really start to have some major, major effects. It's already having major, yeah, record major numbers of people asking for mortgage forgiveness as well. So the housing market is also going to be that's, very affected by this as a lot of people are going to be losing their houses or selling their houses soon as well. So that's perfect because Luke and I did not actually, uh, besides the first articles, we didn't talk about anything I was going to share. And the very next article we have on screen is request to delay mortgage payments jumped nearly 2000% as borrowers, borrowers seek relief during coronavirus outbreak. So it's, it's amazing how we're on the same page with that one. Exactly. Reading my mind. Uh, and it looks like there's some breaking news from the Fed minutes release from meeting where it took rates to zero. I'm actually just reading my screen right now in real time right here. Uh, so it would be interesting to you know read those meetings, meeting minutes. We see the Dow jumps uh, 600 points after Bernie Sanders drops out of the presidential race. Uh, and then here comes the second wave. Wuhan lockdown ends. And tens of thousands are about to flee the city. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. I don't know if Luke has got some commentary, uh, you know, what you think is going to be going down now that, uh, you know, everyone from Wuhan is going to be fleeing. I mean, do you have any uh, – have you, have you heard of that or – you know. Well, again, there's still so many unknowns and the data is so conflicting from what we're getting in China. Again, China is also reporting no new new deaths. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, they also didn't report any deaths with the uh, Tiananmen Square. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> that's also another point here that people need to realize here. The information and data coming from China should always be officially questioned and seen very skeptically, as well as any information from the Fed. That's another uh, aspect in itself. But when we really see everything, we're seeing kind of a flattening of the curve. What we're seeing in China, though, still unknown, because when we look at herd immunity, we need about... 80% of the population to get this, and then that's how you build herd immunity. But uh, when we look at China and their official numbers, they had about 0.2% of the population get this officially by their numbers. I think even a lower number than that. So don't quote me directly on this. But uh, everything that China's saying absolutely makes no sense. This is why I rather, you know, be more cautious here. This is why I rather take this more seriously, be seriously here, because we still don't know a lot about it. We know a lot of people are coming out and saying that the Chinese government is lying, that there's a lot more urns filled with their loved ones' ashes, that there's massive graves and burials. Um, so as, as, of course, people are, are fleeing that city because they're afraid 
of being quarantined again. And many people were warning that this virus could also come back in a second wave. And by looking at some of the preliminary data about how many people actually caught this, uh, that, that could be a, a very big possibility. Uh, yeah, so, and the, uh, and the, yeah, the government, and, yeah, the government virus, unfortunately, is coming back in its fourth wave in terms of new bills they're trying to push ram down our throats. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page, you know, with a lot of stuff. But, you know, for me, unfortunately, the average American is way overweight. They don't take anywhere near the amount of vitamins and nutrients. And, uh, you know, and so they're, they're really prime, they're stressed out. And these stressors are then going to make them, you know, more susceptible to having this. But, uh, you know, some wrapping up some of the financial news here, we've got COVID-19 and the looming collapse of Europe, Europe's single currency. And so, you know, I do think that that is a, you know, a big, uh, you know, threat. Now that currency, I mean, if you ask the average person, you know, this goes back to, uh, you know, Bilderberg of the 1956 Bilderberg of when they, you know, basically created the Euro. And then if you had asked anybody back then or anyone even in the eighties or late nineties, uh, especially if you ask like Paul Krugman, who didn't even think the internet would be a thing, but, uh, you don't ask anyone back then. And the average person had no idea that by having this trade agreement, that it would basically bind them all economically. Now they're talking about Europe, European bonds, which would, it would bond them together even, uh, more inextricably. The Germans have always been against this. Now the Germans are for this. Uh, we see the Dow Jones right now. It's, yeah, we saw before it was up 600. Now it's up 540. And some real quick, uh, Bitcoin news to, uh, to go over here. So Tim Draper pandemic could be tipping point for Bitcoin. He goes on to say they are all printing money and trying to get the economy back after they basically tanked it. He said they're going to flood it with a bunch of money and that is going to be worth less and less and less. Yes, that is something we've been saying for a very long time. And this is going to be a really interesting time where people say, well, why don't I just have Bitcoin? I know there's only going to be 21 million of them and we don't have to worry about whether a government is diluting their currency by printing tons of it. We can just instead use a currency we all agreed on. And it's all part of the economy and it's all frictionless and open, transparent and global. Then goes on to say, it doesn't matter whether you are from the U.S., China or Russia or India or Europe or wherever. We are an open world and the geographic borders are going to mean less and less and less. I think that's something uh, Luke and I definitely agree on. And then here's another interesting aspect of crypto is that blockchain traceability overtakes payments among major corporations. So what this is basically in layman's terms is saying that the companies want to use blockchain. So then that way they can uh, basically, you know, track their different uh, you know products throughout their different supply chains, not necessarily to pay people. So I think that is an important part. We've got a UFC fighter, I believe his name is Ben Askren. Let me see over here. So we've got the Twitter handle at Ben Askren. And he changed his name to Bitcoin Havening May 13th on Twitter. Not changed the name. I don't know. I don't, I don't use Twitter. So I'm not sure exactly how that works. So 630,000, the Havening will reduce the block reward from 12.5 Bitcoin down to 6.25 Bitcoin. This is something that we'll probably eventually just do a whole video on. Uh, not going to get into that. Uh, basically, the long long story short, the every time a Bitcoin is uh, basically somebody wins, uh, you know, uh, basically finds a you know the the block reward right now is 12 and a half bitcoin it's going to be cut in half down to 6.25 bitcoin which should create more scarcity however if everybody knows something is going to happen then it doesn't necessarily mean uh you know the price is going to go up but eventually on a long enough time horizon i would think that but not financial advice uh talk to your own financial advisor if you don't have one uh hit me up uh last one is max kaiser selling bitcoin now for fiat debt coupons should be a crime. For those who don't know, Max Kaiser got into Bitcoin very early. He was one of the first people besides, uh, you know, Jeff Berwick promoting this from way back, uh, way back in like 2010, 2011. You told me from, about Bitcoin way back when. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there you go. Some more proof of it. And then as we go on to say, I don't want to be dramatic, but this is a global reset in the financial system. He told uh, coming after he said this was a massive scrambling for power by governments and central banks. Taxpayers are then forced to rely on fiat money. Well, fiat money will eventually pay the price. And then this is Simon Dixon he goes on to say, I think we're going to see a real attack from central banks on traditional banks as we inevitably experience the ginormous consequences of essentially the world's largest regulated Ponzi scheme. Then after coronavirus, a horrible version of fiat currency, which then will go create some sort of neo-feudalism. And that has been one of the main points I've been talking about about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies right from day one, not necessarily Bitcoin, but what they're going to have is some Goldman Sachs, governmentsachs.gov coin, where they're going to tra track and trace you. This was already in the first coronavirus bill, end up getting scrubbed. This is all a trial balloon. We talked about it many times. They're going to tie it to social credit, tie it to the vaccines, tie it to everything else. And if they've got your money, they've got you, they've got everything else. And that's why Lord uh, Rothschild said, I care not who controlled the laws. I only care about who controls the money and I control the money. Obviously I'm pointing to me, but I'm not the one controlling the money over here. You control control the money. And the bigger point is not what we have some, you know, mandate to get on this currency or that currency. I think the bigger issue to me is that we should just legalize freedom, legalize all currencies, and I should have the ability to pay in whatever currency I want to be able to pay in. And you know that's a wrap. Why, you know, Tim? When we could just print money all we want and just like go, go, go like this and just oh, like, no, oh, no, say, no. F it, screw it. Yeah, just stop your oh, your oh, stupid yeah. ridiculous well, you already blew, sovereignty you already, ideas. How dare you, Tim? Well, you, Shush. Blew, you blew your wad. No, I got another one. So. Trump dollar dollar bills coming at you, but uh, yeah, that's probably a good. That's probably a good place to end it. We didn't actually, uh, we didn't uh, script that. Uh, you guys might not believe that, but that wasn't scripted. But yeah, it's probably a good place to end it. We'll have more coming up on change the news. I didn't ask Luke if I could end this right, but he's messed up my name enough times that I'm going to take us out from here. So thank you guys for watching Change the News channel. Also, we do have a podcast that is available, so we will try to link that into the description. And within a week or two, it should be on all the major platforms. Uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher or you know google play so on and so forth anyways thank you for hanging change the news channel thank you guys take care bye